Have you ever seen someone score 66 goals in a season? How does it feel to play a cup final at a professional stadium? And who plays a better through ball, Liam Trainer or Mesut Ozil? Find out on episode 6 of the Youth Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Youth Football Podcast back after a brief little hiatus we've been missing the main man Robbie McDonald for a number of weeks um, so we've had, to, we've had to replace him I'm your host Adam Murray joined today by Mac Kelly the, the, the much let's, let's, let's say more punctual reporter um, that we have over Robbie McDonald who's been missing for two weeks hence the lack of episodes Mac um, I'm not going to go into the details but I think we know that what looked like Ross County's impending relegation um, forced Robbie into hiding. And now subsequently, now that his favourite club are, are are staying up, he's no longer in, in a physical state to be able to, to, to partake in the podcast. I just, I just need, Mark, first of all, your, your thoughts on, on Robbie's lack of availability. Well, for the last I heard, he's no less than Mallard outside the ground uh, <laughs> since uh, Sunday. So... Fifth point, um, it never looked like Ross County had a chance of staying up come the 70th minute. Yeah, Robbie, missing again. Again, I'm sure all of our lovely listeners will, will hopefully give Robbie pelters on, on social media for 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 his absence. Um, but I was I was just I was just taking a little look through his, his social media there, Mac, and it looks like he's taking a trip to Prague. Um, nice nice of him to tell us. There was there was no mention in the group. He just boosted to the to the Czech Republic on a on a nice little jolly for for Ross County staying up. So we wish Robbie all the best. Hopefully he stays safe, doesn't run into any trouble with the Inverness Cali fans that run riot around the streets of Prague um, at this this point in the year. But before before we get into just slaughtering and Robbie for and now we've got plenty to get through. We'll be joined by a special guest Ewan, who's the coach of Curry Star under 15s to talk to us about their latest cup triumph, a massive underdog story. We all love to hear those, especially this late in the season. Um, speaking of underdogs, we'll also be discussing um, the Scotland under 17s at the Euros, Mac. We've got, got to touch on this because we we spoke about the group when it came out and we knew it was going to be difficult and um, things didn't quite go to plan. But I think that the boys give a, a decent account of themselves in a group where ultimately they, they were up against the, the two teams that contested the final. Well, France, Germany, coach score at any level. It's not, not going to be easy. In largely any sport, they're three fantastic countries. And to come at the, I think the last team coming at the group with a head tail tie, they've done as well as they could have been expected to against three amazing teams. Yeah. Few players um, called up to the Scotland senior squad um, as well. We know we've got those matches against Georgia and Norway coming up. Massive fixtures: Leon King, Fiori, eh, Louis Fiorini. Uh, sorry, right? Let's try that. Leon <laughs> King, Louis Fiorini. I cannot say that name. And Tom, Tommy Conley. This is terrible because um, Louis is a player that we've, we've all known for a, a number of years, keeping an eye on what he's been doing. Then, um, course, product of the the Manchester City Academy. He's been down in England. Doing his stuff, few loan spells. I know someone well that played with him um, when he was on loan at Lincoln last season, um, or season before. Sorry, top top player, but Lewis Fiorini. Oh, I can't even say that man, but he's a fantastic player. Leon King as well, um, youngest player to appear in the Champions League this season, and young Tommy Conley, who's been, um, I think he got twelve goals this season um, across all appearances, playing for Bristol City in the Championship. He looks like he could be 
um, a top top player. We know Steve Clark now looking to try and embed these youngsters into the um, into the, the the senior men's A squad for upcoming um, potential tournaments, whether that be the Euros for for next summer if we get there, or the World Cup a couple of years um, later. But the the news that's been dominating all of the headlines this morning, the one that everyone's talking about, Mac. Um, I, I've got to ask you first how how is your um, how, how is your your mental state after waking up and, and reading the news this morning that, that Ange Postacoglu had left Celtic and, and joined Tottenham Hotspur? We kind of discussed earlier in the week that it was just an inevitability that he was away. And there'll be a, a lot of bitterness for some, some of the section of the Celtic fans, but me personally, I think, yeah, he showed here as a top manager and I generally do believe he is elite. So just hope he gets time at Tottenham. And because I said I need to, we're going to need time to recover because it's, <laughs> de- it's devastating, mate. To be honest. Have you, yeah, you, you say you need time to recover. Do you think you'll be able to get through this ever without any tears, Mac? Uh, half an hour, half an hour, and then I'll have to half an hour. Is, is this, the, <laughs> is this the, the, the toughest breakup you've ever you've ever had to deal with? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Best of luck to Ange Postecoglou as he takes on that new job down at Spurs. I'm sure everyone in the Scottish game hopes to see him do well because we love people from Scotland um, going and, and making a good account of themselves down in England because they like to they like to, to talk about how brilliant their game is down there. So let's show them that as, as boys up here can, can still go and do the business. So best of luck to, to, to Ange um, down at Tottenham. But now, listen, we've talked about the Premier League, we've talked about the Scottish Premiership, international, all of that, that jazz, but nothing really comes close to the bread and butter of football, the foundations of it, grassroots football, which is what we're here, we are here for every single week to celebrate and champion all of the best work um, that goes into that. And as we just kind of approach the end of the season, I think most cup finals are done by now, uh, Mac, but may, maybe some more coming, coming up this weekend. Um, in fact, I know there is there is one that I'm going to plug myself. I'll be playing them one on Friday. Yes, the old legs are going to have one more run out on, on Friday in the Football Central Sunday. Amateur Football League All-In um, Cup, I'll be, I'll be playing on Friday. But those um, those are for people like me who unfortunately never made it. The, the big cups are, are those for the guys with their careers ahead of them, their future right in front of them. Got to talk about cup finals, um, which put one of the... In, uh, in the spotlight, AC Rovers beating Little Techers um, under on the, on the 14s Central Lanarkshire Youth FA Cups Division C um, Divisional Cup final play at Wishwell Juniors 5-0 victory for AC Rovers goals from Greg Heaney, Connor Travers, Corey Leckie, Ross Marshall and Callum McEwen but we've got to talk about the third goal Mac, have you seen this strike from Corey Leckie? My word, the boy has scored an absolute screamer have you had, you had a chance to look at it? I've not had the chance to look at it Right, uh, let me I'm sure you. I'm sure you'll tell us about it. Right, right. Keeper caught. Off, to be fair, keeper is is caught off his line, um, but through no fault of his own. There's a clearance. He's off his line. Ball comes back to to uh, to Lecky. and it's like, do you remember the one? I think I think Rooney scored it for Everton, where the ball's just kind of rolling back to him, and it's, he's like on the ha- like halfway line Aye. or something. And he just pings it first time, and the ball probably doesn't go any higher above than like head height of a goalkeeper the whole way and just arrows straight in. It, to be fair, it wasn't as far out as that. It wasn't wasn't quite the halfway line, but it was rolling back. Keepers off his line, bang, just lasers it. Beautiful technique right over the goalkeeper and a, and a fant- fantastic goal. It was a fantastic performance from AC Rovers all round. Um, but that third goal was the pick of the bunch. I mean, the first one as well, Greg, Greg, Greg Heaney got the goal, but what a little 
be reverse passing, the edge of the box. I love those ones. One that you would maybe see like a, a Jack Wilshire um produce back in back in his prime or, or a, one of those wee slide rule passes from, from like a Messi Ozil again in his prime. That's a lot of Arsenal bias. I don't even like Arsenal, I don't know why I said that, but <laughs> just exposing myself there anyway. Um I'm sure I'm sure that nah, kidding on absolutely love Arsenal. <laughs> wow. Producer Stuart piping up suggesting Scott <laughs> Allen for, for, for shouts for Slido passes. No, funny that, that when that when Runigal, you compared it to was actually scored into Joe Hart, so you've tied it into Scottish football was somehow. That, I, was that, I, was that, I, I, I'm pretty sure Joe Hart was in goal for West Ham that day. So, well, that, there you go. Everything's just been, been tied to Scottish football, but um, <laughs> that's maybe a reach going from a grassroots player to Wayne Rooney, but it's an even bigger reach comparing Messi Ozil or Jack Wilshere to Scott Allen <laughs> for, 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 for how good he was but before the injury and, and whatnot I don't think he should be talked about in the same breath as those two absolute bars that's just pure Hibs bias reeking out of a producer again but Scott Allen to be fair I, I used to really like Scott Allen he was a he was a, a top top player it was a shame it never really worked out for, at, at Celtic for him I think yeah injuries and health issues and whatnot killed him but yeah for, for slide rule pl- passes, I think he, as Hibs fans, will constantly remind you as what producer Stuart would refer to as the GOAT. Anyway, nothing on the, the young lad from, from, from AC Rovers that slipped that one in for the first goal. Fair play to, to Little Techers as well for getting to the final. Unfortunately, it didn't go their way, but um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the story, Mark. I think Little Techers, is, is, is it Gretna they travel up from? I think I think you, it was you or Jay mentioned that to me earlier in the week, uh, that they they play in Lanarkshire, the Lanarkshire divisions, but they're actually big retina. So they're similar to the point I made earlier about the Scottish Cup. But it's uh, a good mentality to be travelling that distance every week. Yeah, yeah. Massive, massive sacrifices there and, and fair play to Little Techers. And hopefully they can kick on uh, and go one further next next year. Now, um, we, we need to talk about this this next match because this has been my favourite cup final that, <laughs> that I have watched this season, Mac. We were there and um, we were at Celtic Park. Uh, just due just at the end of last week to to watch Jordan Hill versus Bishop Briggs. It was the the under eighteens um Cameronian Cup final for the Glasgow Schools FA Cup between, as I said, Jordan Hill School and Bishop Briggs Academy, senior football at Celtic Park. Fantastic stage right in front of that famous sixty thousand seater stadium, some of the best naming world football have played there. And those young lads got the chance um to play at Celtic Park. You might think, like going into games like that, that players will be a bit nervous. They, where they are might throw them off. But I'll, I'll let you do the honours, Mac. You were, you were on match reporting duty that day. Just tell us what actually happened. Well, after I'd stopped looking for Ange to lock him in a cupboard. I don't know if we can, can we clip that out and get that out of context, Matt Kelly? <laughs> When they were sat down and watched it, uh, it was so finished three each in the normal time. It was only they only played eighty minutes because of the age level, and then um, yeah. which it gets more bizarre. But I'll go over the the, the regulated time first. Bishop Bishop Briggs are two 0 up. Um, then Jordan Hill scored two about ten fifty minutes ago. But within a minute minute of each other and then they've got the momentum going for the third and then Bishop Briggs scores straight direct for a corner going into injury time 
<laughs> the, the, literally the last kick of the ball, the captain, Luke O'Donnell, who must have been own apology because we got his name wrong in the live tweet updates, as Robbie for size pointed it to us. Um, last kick of the ball, half folly, and it sent, sent the game to penalties, which, and then penalties, you think it's just going to be, I'm just a running a mill penalty shootout. 1 0 on penalties. I've never, never seen it heard anything like that in my life. 1 0 in a penalty shootout is absolutely crazy. I, I, I cannot believe it. As you said, the game had everything. You're like, uh, Bishop Briggs were cruising. It was 2 0. You're like, ah, right, God, this game, I mean, I mean, it must have been devastating for yourself, Matt, being on match report duty, having to rip up your report and rewrite it every every five minutes it was in the closing stages of that game. Comes back to 2 0. Yeah, eventually, as you say, when you get that goal from a from a corner, you're thinking, right, it's done. Me too. But then we look O'Donnell pops up with a half volley with a literally the last kick of the ball. Not even virtually the last kick of the ball. Literally the last kick of the ball. Bottom corner. We are going we are going crazy. Like, what is what is going on here? This is a crazy cup final. But penalties, one nil. There was one penalty scored. Was it was it Luke O'Donnell who was the only person that scored the penalty as well, actually? No, I've got it right you know? here. It was I've just got the minutes as number eight. I think it was McNiven. I think. But that's what I, I made. I made the point at the stadium as well. It's much better. Well, not much better, but it's uh, it makes it easier. That it's a collective responsibility rather than one poor soul missing the, the responsible one. Yeah, it would have been heartbreaking if there was there was one individual that um, had had been at fault for for missing a penalty. Even though I would never blame a single player for the loss of mm-hmm. a penalty shootout. But that, that 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 would have been heartbreaking. But even even the the Jordan Hill penalties as well only scored him one out of four. It's crazy exactly. as well. And, and do you know what? Fair play to both goalkeepers because throughout the match, both goalkeepers had really good games. So let's not talk about um, perhaps the nerves or the pressure getting to the players who were taking penalties at Celtic Park and were, were upset about missing because the, that was two very good goalkeepers in, in, in goal. And I know some of the penalties were missed. Some went over, some went wide, so some had the woodwork. But they were almost kind of overcompensating on some of the pens for, because of how good the goalkeepers were during the game that you know they maybe had to hit the ball a little bit harder had to be a little bit more precise when they were going up to take that penalty because they knew if they just went and picked a side there was a, there was a, there was a decent chance of the goalkeeper making a save so they had they had to go and look for corners and look for top corners so I'm, I'm not going to put any blame on, on, on the takers albeit crazy that only one one spot kick out and nine was actually scored um, fair play to both goalkeepers they, they, are, they deserve a massive shout out um, and, and fair play ultimately to, to Jordan Hill for winning one of the most entertaining cup finals you will ever see. Uh, exactly. And then the point I made about the penalty message, just I think the uh, professional put up was that Miss Bennett was at Celtic Park. It's, it's no shame in missing a penalty in, in such a uh, high stakes game. Yeah. One moment I absolutely loved at the end. That I, oh, I wish I got the boy's name I completely. Slips, um, slips my memory. We, we caught one of the players at full time taking the trophy over, way over on the other side. Parents, there was no parents at that side. There was no fans at that side. He went over to the other side, goes into the stand, climbs halfway up um, mm-hmm. the, this, this stand adjacent to the to the dugout and um, sits in a seat and gets his friend to take a picture of him in this seat with a cup, which turned out to be the season ticket seat that this young man has at Celtic Park. Now, what a story that is. I would love I would love to know how many likes that young man got on his, uh, his Instagram post the next day, because that is, uh, in, in terms of what the, what the young people would refer to that moment as today, as that was called. 
<laughs> I was cold. I think there's a, there's another one. Once they got the cup at the stands, I think a lot of them put it on the set the centre spot and they took a selfie lying down. Uh, it just they'll that'd be my profile picture for life if I had the chance, if I had the chance to do that. Absolutely. I know I know the one you're talking about as well, they're all kinda of lying around the, the centre circle. It was like I remember Iniesta's last game for Barcelona. <laughs> the socks off sitting in the middle. It was, it was like it was like that for a lot of these boys. It's the last time they'll play for their school, um, and that they were doing it at at Celtic Park on that 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 famous turf and 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 winning a match of that magnitude in the style that they did with that comeback and everything. Oh, it's a it's a dream come true for for the young lads and absolutely delighted for all of them. So thank you to Jordan Hill and thank you to Bishop Biggs for uh, blessing um, myself and Max eyes with a fantastic with a fantastic game. Now, um, moving on from from that fantastic game we got to watch, there has been a, a, another another great game in grassroots youth football that unfortunately myself and Mac didn't get to to catch. But we've got Ewan from from Courage Start here to tell us all about it. Um, Ewan, everyone loves an underdog story. Everyone loves a cup final. Can you tell us why you're here today? Yeah. So um, thank you, thank you for having me along. Um, my team at Curry Star 2008, the under-15s, were in a cup final at Tynecastle Park last Thursday. Um, and we don't like to think we're too much of the underdogs, but we beat Bonnie Groves, who are the, um, the league champions, and beat them on penalties to, to win the Federation of Heart Supporters Cup in um, Tynecastle Stadium. That is... That's right. We've just been talking, Ewan, about Celtic Park, a cup final that we were at, getting to, to see the, the, the final of the Cameroonian cup um where two Glasgow schools got to play against each other at Celtic Park your boys getting the chance to do the same thing at Tynecastle. just how special is that for some of the boys I know there's a number of of players coaches parents involved in the club who are, who are heart supporters some not as well but just how, how big is that for the, for the boys and absolutely huge for the boys I mean they, they were excited about it. when we won the semi-final we Previously, this cup's been played at Tynecastle Park, and they stopped doing that. I think for COVID, so I think this was the first year to be back there in, in three years or so. So when we when we won the semi final, I knew that we were getting into going to be playing in the final. All the boys were, you know, so excited about the prospect of going to Tynecastle. Two weeks beforehand, it's all they could think about. We, we weren't playing very well in the league in the run up to it. I think the boys were distracted by this. You know, the last game, last two games we played, there was a few of them were worried about getting injured and and maybe missing out. You know, because because of that. And boys at training not wanting to tell us that they had little knocks and stuff and little niggles because it's absolute absolutely huge for them. As you said, we've got we've got five boys who are, who are heart season ticket holders. Two of the coaches are heart season ticket holders, and two of the other boys go go pretty much every, every week as as well. Few, few Hibs fans amongst them too, but just you know to turn up at the stadium um, as a, as a team, sort of like like a, a mini professional team to walk in through the main door. We were really lucky. We got the home changing room. We didn't know, we weren't sure if we were going to be the home team or the away team. There were, there were two things on the website. One said that we were home, one said we were away. Um, so we, we told the boys not to worry about it. But when we turned up and saw we were in the home changing room, you know, that meant the world to them. And, that, you know, it's a brand new stadium as well. You know, the main stand's only been built, what, three, four years, I think? Maybe a bit longer than that. Um, but so, so it's absolutely stunning in there. You know, lovely big stadium, great facilities in there. And for the boys to, you know, go and brought them, normally the kids, you know, they all turn up in, in their match strip. But we said because it was a final turn up, turn up in a tracksuit. They got changed in the stadium. We did, sent them around for a walk around the pitch. We brought them back in. We gave them the team talk. Went back out to warm up, and then we we hung their shirts up on on the 
on the hooks for them to come back into and, and get changed into their match day kit. But as I said, yeah, they were absolutely, you know, buzzing about it. You know, the excitement of being able to play at Tyne Castle Park where, where their heroes play, even for the, you know, the fans of other teams still to be playing it in a, in a Scottish Premier League stadium is just um, just something else. Yeah, yeah, and you, everyone talks about the the surface at Tynecastle being fantastic, as you would expect with with a number of Premiership grounds. But by the sounds of it, that's not just the only aspect to this of getting to play at a stadium, because th- th- those boys for the day felt like professional football players. Yeah, and I mean, I would say the surface is something else. I didn't realise how good it is. Um, you know, I, I sit up a, a few ways. I used to sit, me and my son used to sit um, at the front row next to the next to the dugout, funny enough. But even then, you can't you can't tell how good the pitch is until you're on it. You know, it's it's like a snooker table or a bowling green. It's really, really, the grass is amazing. The, the ball runs on it really well. Just sort of moving the ball around in the warm-up, you could see how it was, it was being passed around by the boys. It allowed them to play better football. And, you know, mostly we're used to playing on decent surfaces now with, with 3G pitches everywhere. But still, this it was a, it was something else, and it's you know it's not just you know the facilities are great, but it's the atmosphere too. We were really lucky. There were quite a lot of kids that came to watch. You know, kids from the club, and they had the a younger age group. They came and did halftime heroes. So every every week, Hearts do halftime heroes in their normal games, and then our boys we've been along and done it three times, and previously when they were younger. But they have had I think it was the 2015s or the 2016s. They were on there doing it. So there was a huge number of fans from both teams. Bonnie Rig Rose had a load in there and we had a load. And just that atmosphere, the noise. And when we won the cup, you know, we won it. We took the penalties. So we won it on penalties. We took them in front of the side that our fans were sitting, you know, the, the Curry Star fans were sitting. So to be able to see that, and when, you know, when they won, they they ran over to the fans. They did they really did feel like they were proper footballers, so to speak. Yeah, tell me what that feeling was like. Because penalty, penalty shootout, don't give me this. You you enjoyed it. There's no way you enjoyed that penalty shootout. There's, there's not a chance because we 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 know exactly what it's like being in in that position um, ourselves. But a five four win on on penalties. How how did the heart cope with that? I I didn't cope with it so well. The boys, I think they because Bonnie Rose equalised in the 80th minute, and I think a, a couple of the boys. Heads were starting to drop. We were we were struggling in the second half. And Bonnie Rose, really good team. They have got some great players in there. They were passing the ball around. They were using the the space of the pitch. We were they had ten men, but we were looking the tighter of the two teams. You know, but we had four players go down with cramp. I think they had one or two. And it it was getting hard, and they were pushing to get that equaliser. And they and they got an excellent goal towards the end. Great cross that came in, and, and a good header. Um, but that's it. So that that sort of went in, and we we're like, oh. You know, is, is this and normally? You know, we've all seen enough football. You know, the team that could that comes back at the end, they often go on to win the penalties. But we had we'd been practicing the training for the last few weeks, including getting the boys to walk from the halfway line and trying to get other people to shout a bit, and make you know make a bit of noise. And we talked about the technique. So full time when we got we got them in, and we we asked who wanted who wanted to take a penalty. Five of them were brave enough to put their hands up. Um, I'm glad it didn't go, didn't go much beyond the five because it didn't look like we had had too many other volunteers. And I, I know my my son, because Bonnie Rig Rose were down to 10 players, we had to take someone off the list. And uh, we'd already knew who that was because because my son had said in advance that he wasn't he wasn't wanting to take one. But so we had five players step up. I sat in the dugout for it. So the other coach all stood at the edge of the technical area. I was sitting down. I, I was nearly crying um, just with nerves. 
Um, the worrying about which is terrible because kids football is, is meant to be fun, isn't it? But it was it was great. The the boys stepped up and actually, you know, all the penalties were really well struck. The Bonnie Rig Rose ones as well, right in the corners of the goal. The, the composure that, that these kids were showing, you know, all of them to take these penalties. And it's a real, you know, it's a real shame that um, someone had to miss one. I'm glad Bonnie Rig went first and it was it was their final penalty they missed. I'm, and I'm glad that we had to score. To, to win it rather than it, it being decided on someone someone sort of missing a penalty. And our keeper did really well to save that penalty as well. But actually the composure of all these kids to sort of walk that, that the length of the pitch, put the ball down and you know and take really good confident penalties, you know, just show just shows how serious they were taking, how composed they were. It was um, it was lovely to see. Yeah, big shout out to all of the, the pen scorers, Stephen O'Neill, Sam Easton, Rory Graham, Ellis Butler, Luca Elder, and of course the goalkeeper Stanley Conn. Fantastic penalty save on that fifth penalty um to, to help Ewan's curry star side along to that trophy. Ewan, fantastic cup victory, but what's next for this team? Then what's what's next for next season? What are the what are the goals? What's the ambitions? How do you do you build on this for next season? Well I we said at the end of last season, so we we two years ago we were in Division Two. We came up, we came second in the league. We won the Division Two Cup. Came up last season. That so that was a sort of setting in period. We found it hard, you know, to step up to Div One. That Div One's a it's, the Edinburgh Div, Division One is a really good league. You know, it's got to be said. We had two of the two of the Scottish Cup final teams for our year group. It was Edinburgh City versus uh, Musselburgh played in that final. Bonnie Rose have won the league. So these are really good teams. They've got a lot of players who go pro youth or have come back from pro youth. So we first year we were getting used to it. This year we've really pushed on. We're pleased with our, our outcome. We, we lost some games that we thought we should have done better in, but actually, you know, we've won a few games. And the division's been really competitive. Lots of teams have taken points off other teams, and um, so that that's been good to see. The plan next year is keep the, keep the group of boys together. Hopefully, get get a um, striker in, and maybe another midfielder, maybe another defender in to, to boost it. You know, it's harder as the boys get older. Um, they get more injuries, etc. So we're looking to bring a couple of players in. We've we're trying for that, seeing if anyone wants to come and join us to see if we can push into, into sort of the, the top tier tier of the table. We'd like to sort of end up amongst amongst that that group of teams I just spoke about. We you know we want to be up there challenging them. What we've seen this season is, and um, we've beaten we've beaten lots of teams. We've beaten Edinburgh City, who, who won the Scottish Cup. Um, We've beaten Spartans, you know, very good team, very well organised, great facilities that they've got. So we know that we can compete with them. What we need to be doing next season is competing every single week. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely spot on and evidenced by the um, the cup final victory over the league champions as, as, as well, that you've got a, a squad there that's capable of competing with, with these teams and hopefully Curry Star can go on um, and, and push for that league title next season and compete with with those top teams. That would be fantastic to see. But we'll just leave, leave you on this, and Just how important do you think it is um, that once the, the professional football season is over, that these professional clubs allow um, grassroots clubs and um, cup finals to use their facilities to give these players that dream of being a professional footballer? Because we were, as me and Mac have just been talking about, we were at Celtic Park for a Skills Cup final. I had the the, the honour and the, the privilege of playing at Ibrox Stadium last week in a, in a special friendly match. Your guys had the chance to play in a cup final at Tynecastle. How important is it to make sure that kids across Scotland are getting these opportunities to see what it's like to be a professional footballer. I think it's, it's you know most of our kids, most of any of the kids won't won't go on to be professional footballers. You know, our, as a club, our, our sort of aim and ambition is to get kids enjoying playing sport and and hopefully playing it into their adulthood. You know, whatever level that is. 
So actually to have a chance to walk out through the tunnel at a professional stadium, that's something that they'll never forget. You know, I'm in my mid-40s. I've never never had that experience before. It's something I'll never forget. It, you know, to win, we've won, we've won a couple of cups before. It's not the you know, it's not quite the same when you win it at the local leisure centre or wherever else. To do it in the stadium is a is a completely different memory for, for the boys that they'll they'll never forget. Um, and you know, we're really, really grateful for teams like Hearts and you know, as you said, Celtic Rangers to give up their to give up their grounds, to let let kids, let the grassroots teams play on them to, to get that experience. It's so it's you know, it's so memorable for the boys. It's such an exciting experience for them. If any if any of the Premier League teams are watching, listening, whoever's listening, yeah, please, please do it again and do do more of it. You know, let's let's get every single final into a decent stadium. I said there was, I was going to say only there was probably about eight hundred or so um, spectators in the ground, maybe a bit more actually. I, I, we had our club photo taken in the ground yesterday, um, and actually, so so maybe we had had closer to a thousand in the ground, but still the atmosphere there for the kids who are there watching, watching some of the older boys from the club playing in there, seeing that they. That's something that they might be able to do one day. It's, it's stuff Dreams is made of for all of them. So the more that, that clubs can do that, the, the better it is for everyone. Yeah, yeah, and it's something we all love to see. So hopefully we can see more cup competitions extend beyond the professional league season. We, we saw the, the Scottish Amateur Cup final we played at Hamden Park, as well as the Scottish Schools um, Cup final we played there as, as well. Absolutely love to um, love, love to see these cup finals taking place in these arenas and venues and great to hear from, from yourself Ewan and hear really about that fantastic day you got at, at Tynecastle Park I'm jealous myself and Mac were never good enough to play in cup finals at, at any venue never mind at, at one of the best clubs in the country so we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully one day get the chance to, to live the dream um, by proxy through our children if they have the opportunity to play um, at stadiums like this like 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 you have with, with, with Curry Star Union so thank you again um, for giving up your time to, to come on and, and speak to us and tell us about that fantastic experience and everyone at YFS will, will, will be cheering you on next season as, as, you, as you go in search of hopefully that Division 1 title next year Thanks, thank you very much for having me Yeah, great to hear from you and thanks again to you and for giving up his time to to hear about that that lovely day that Curry Star got really that's what, what dreams are made of getting to walk out at, at Tynecastle Park play in an arena that's so famous in Scotland and across Britain and across Europe, really a f- fantastic ground and that beautiful new main stand getting to go in, in, in the home team dressing room as well. As I said, myself and Mac, I'm sure, very, very jealous of those young men who got to, to do something that we, we never had the opportunity to do. But there's been there's been lots of cup finals taking place. We know we're right in the midst of, of cup final season. It's starting to come to an end, which I'm sure a lot of the, the admin staff at YFS will be delighted to hear. It's been a busy time, but congr- congratulations to Cowan and Rangers under 13s. They've won the, the West of Scotland YFL present cup winners. Just go for teams off the, the, the top of my head. Cowan and Rangers 13s. I think they also won the John Mitchell Memorial Trophy Cup. Um, Clydeside Athletic under 16s won the Paisley and Johnson District YFL Division 4. They were the Divisional Cup uh, winners of that competition. Um, who, else, who else can I remember? God, uh, last week Thistle under 16s, they won the Colin Greenhill Cup. Uh, fantastic victory for those guys as well. Port Glasgow Juniors under 15s, they won the Division 2 Divisional Cup um, from the Paisley and Johnson District YFL. As well as Castle Dynamos under 15, they won Division Three of the of the, of the same association, Paisley and Johnson District YFL. The Division Divisional Cups were were busy. Um, I, sh- I should remember these. I was looking through all these earlier. I think Clydebank 14s, yeah, Clydebank 14s. They won the Division Two 
Divisional Cup. Yeah, loads from this weekend. Big shout out to a club that's close to my heart as well. Um, Gifting at 2008's managed to, to, to win a trophy at the weekend as well there. So so so, so big up to them and, and, and everyone from across Scotland who has won Divisional Cups at the weekend, whether that be in the Paisley and Johnson District where I fell. Um, Divisional Cups we had at the weekend. Will that be one of these special school um, events that we saw, like the Cameronian Cup, where Jordan Hill's school were successful, or or even Curry Star, who had that fantastic um, opportunity to play at Tyne Castle. And, and Matt, we we're just we we're just talking there to, to you and about um, that opportunity. And I, I love this clubs giving giving the facilities away before. I think most of them kind of wrap up the pitch and whatnot at the end of the season. Um, again, I, I'm going to keep going on about it because I'm, I'm so buzzing. I had that chance to play at Ibrox um, for the Scottish Press team against the Rangers staff last week, which I do actually still have a massive bruise in my leg from the Rangers kit man, Jim McAllister, nearly ending my career before it was even before it's even started with a, a challenge on the edge of the area. But, uh, but Mag, I, I want to get your thoughts on it as well because it, it really does feel special for these kids when they get to, to walk out and, as you and said, feel like many professional footballers for the day. I know definitely. I remember I had the opportunity to play at the Excelsior Stadium. Obviously, we played. We were lucky enough to play there. The Y the YFS for in the match. Uh, but then I played there. Uh, that was the first ever stadium I played at when I was at under sixteen. I want to say uh, against Rangers SABC. Uh, the score. I'm not going to talk about on this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just the whole experience. Just going for a dressing room to a tunnel it just sounds like uh, nothing if you're in the professional game but to when you grow up playing on a local grass pitch or as you said a local leisure centre it makes the world a difference and it just makes the whole occasion ten times better yeah fully, fully agree and hopefully we can see more of that in, in the future more of that to come as clubs and professional clubs continue to strengthen their relationships with, with, with the communities that they're involved with and with, with grassroots clubs and associations and leagues across the country. But um, just to finish, thank you very much to all of our lovely listeners for joining us for episode six of the Youth Football Podcast. Fantastic to have an episode without Robin McDonald's horrific Highland accent. Thank God he's, he's away. And, and, and even better, he'll be away next week. So we won't have um, an episode out next week. I'm away to Salou with my university football team. Robbie Mack probably still out celebrating Ross County's survival in the Scottish Premiership. Um, so we'll, we'll be missing him for, for next week. But we should be back with episode seven in a fortnight's time. Um, we can't wait for you to join us then. Just save a date, two weeks' time. We'll see you for episode seven of the Football Podcast. <laughs>